Welcome to Building Stronger Communities, a presentation of MRB Group and our Smarter Local Gov team. MRB Group has been supporting local governments for nearly a century with engineering, architecture, and infrastructure development. And our Smarter Local Gov team has been designed to tackle community development and management challenges facing our local government partners. This podcast features conversations with professionals and community leaders, sharing stories, information, and resources that come from a municipal knowledge base that's 100 years in the making. From the James R. Gresson Studio, in the historic Culver Road Armory. This is Building Stronger Communities. All right, we're back here with uh, our old friend, Michael Indolo from Smarter Local Gov, talking economic development, uh, what Michael knows best. Uh, Michael, I uh, fancy myself an economic developer. Uh, I like to, I came up that way. I, that was my first job in local government and I, uh, I enjoyed it. And it's something that I, that I try to, that I try to wedge in no matter what uh, I'm contracted to do for someone. Um, but uh, there's a little known secret out there. My wife, Courtney, has often pronounced that I am a completely lackluster economic developer because I have never been able to attract a target to, uh, to my community. So she is forced to drive towns over uh, to go to Target. And she basically says, you know, I know you did all this great downtown revitalization work and industrial development, but dang it, where's my Target? And how come I got to go all the way to Canandaigua to get a Starbucks? So uh, I, uh, I lose those arguments always. It doesn't really matter. I intentionally throw every argument with, uh, with Orton. Uh, but I think it begs the question, you know, what is driving business location in any community and how can communities shape uh, what, what businesses they attract? So a Target, an Applebee's, a Lowe's, a Starbucks, um, or uh, or your your favorite local coffee shop. They all have decision points, right? They're all looking at data. They're all making decisions based on a great business case. So what makes a good business case for a business prospect in any given community? Well, sure. And let me start off by um, just offering some marital therapy advice. <laughs> best of luck. Which is just, you know, it's it's best to separate the worlds of, of personal and business. <laughs> but, uh. <laughs> uh, but I would say, so business recruitment can mean a lot of different things to a lot of different folks, right? Um, and, and, and the examples that you gave, it's specifically uh, retail attraction, right? What do we, how do we have the right kind of retailers that our community wants and needs and would like to have and the amenities and so on like that. And business recruitment and maybe a slightly larger context could be, uh, you know, what's attractive to businesses so that they decide uh, that they want to come and locate in your community. Well, um, in the case of retail or other, uh, it's less about the chase and more about the preparation. And, it, and, and this goes back to another episode that we did a while back about economic development and and smokestack chasers, right? Or retail chasers. Really, um, it's about creating the environment in your community that these businesses want to locate in, right? Now, in the case of retail, it can be a little difficult because um, most, if you're talking about a major retail chain, um, almost all of them, all of them that I know of, um, have very specific metrics that they look at. And either your community meets the metrics on a screening or they don't. And there's very little convincing that you're going to do. You know, if, 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 uh, if, um, if you meet the metrics, you're likely to be contacted for a potential franchisee or potential branch location or whatever the case might be. Outside of retail, um, you might think about hospitality, you might think about restaurants, you might think about um, other types of businesses, office users, that kind of thing. And it's about other things such as, uh, you know, your workforce or the cost of uh, land, cost of infrastructure, your property tax structure and so on like that. 
I would say, how do you make yourself attractive to businesses is to know what moves the needle and do what you can to move the needle. So, um, for example, uh, for retail, most retailers, not all, most retailers talk about foot and vehicle traffic, right? And so making sure that you have available land that's appropriately zoned and ready to go on those corridors where those retailers want to locate, that's probably the number one thing that local governments can do to be attractive to those kinds of businesses. I think we, we, we talk, uh, we talk, we've talked through a couple of different episodes now about, uh, about preparation um, and about knowing what you want right out of the gate. Right. And so we've talked about why those conversations are important. uh, Why, uh, why being armed with the right data, with the right information, with the right sales pitch, for lack of a better word um, is, uh, is important. And so we put a ton of focus around this is our target. We're going after it, and uh, and uh, and we're, we're we're ready. What about when somebody shows up on our doorstep that we don't want? Um, how do we? How do we? I would imagine the answer is almost the same, right? Pre- preparation, uh, being ready, but. How do you make sure that um, that you're uh, that you're attract or that that you're able to say no to the type of development that doesn't make sense to your community? Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, I mean, this this I think would be a great question for Jane on a future podcast about land use planning and some constraints around that. But I think it goes back to the idea of talking about what it is that you want and being able to communicate that vision to developers and business owners. So um, I'm not going to give a specific example of like a business that you might not want in your community, but you can all imagine one. And you can say, um, you can say, hey, this is, you know, it can be very specific. This is not something that we want in this retail corridor, right? I'm just using retail since we've been talking about it. Yeah, right, right. Um, Now, there are constraints about what you can put in your zoning code. Right. But if you don't want a car wash on your main street, make sure that that's not an allowable use in your zoning code. Right. Because right. yeah. that's because the difference between there and that and the type of business is the type of property that you see from the exterior and you say, We don't want that use on this area, right? Once you have an office or you have kind of a generic retail space, your zoning code isn't really going to allow you to to determine what the occupant is. Uh, It's more the use of the property. So think about that from the point of view of how you put it together. Now, there's some communities that haven't done this very well. And what happens is on those primo retail corners where you have all the traffic and you have all like the eyeballs and it's a high profile thing, you get a use you don't want. Well, and yeah. a car wash, I guess I will use an example. Car wash is one. Yeah. Nothing against car washes. It's just not the highest and best use and the thing that you want people to associate with your community as they come in on the big gateways. All they see is two car washes on either side of the street, you know? Yeah, right. Right. Well, I also think that um, you know when when you're do when you're doing that planning when you we we we're working with a couple of communities now who are um, who are establishing their vision right as part of their comprehensive plan so they set a vision for where they want to go um, and what we tell them always is your vision is. Uh, it should be authentic, certainly to who you are, but it also can be aspirational, right? And so yeah. it's okay to say, we want to look like this community. We like we, we want our community to look this way. Um, and in a vision statement, we talk about it being presently stated. We are the community that looks this way or that, that acts this way. Um, and then what I say is, all, then it's just a gap analysis, right? We're, we're standing here today. We want to be over there. We want to look over there. And so that means we've got to move the needle somewhere. 
That means we've got to we've got to push uh, push some things around to get our market ready for the types of prospects we're interested in. And so most of the communities we're working with are smaller communities, villages, towns um, who are built lean um, and uh, and who have have somewhat limited resources. So what would you recommend for those folks? What are, what are the needles that you can move as a, as a local government um, who's really just, just built for speed right now and, and who doesn't have a dedicated economic developer or a dedicated land use planner? What can they be doing now um, to make sure that they're, uh, they're moving the needle for the types of prospects they're looking for? Sure. Well, we mentioned a few already, and I'll just go through them again. You know, having that vision for what you want and being clear and communicating about that, that would be in your comprehensive plan and your zoning code, right? Uh, but also having those kinds of dialogues happening at the community level, at the planning board level to say, these are the kinds of things that we're interested in uh, there. Having um, a process by which you can communicate with your development community, those things can be key. Um, you can also do things like uh, a familiarization tour, right? And this is one thing that communities have done successfully in the past. That's a business recruitment kind of thing. Again, if you're a smaller community, you know, you may not be on the radar screen of the regional developers or the regional businesses. And you simply say, hey, like, look, we want to we want to load you up in a bus and take you on the community and show you the sites that we have. Right. Yeah. This is yeah. what we want. These are the sites that we have. If anybody's interested, come, you know, and, and we'll continue to have that discussion. That can be surprisingly effective if you're one of those communities that appears to be, you know, a little bit tucked away. Right. And not necessarily is front and center on that uh, development curve. Um, I can't stress enough that um, there are places that these businesses want to be, and you got to be careful about land use planning around those areas, so that you that you know that the, that the kind of development that you want can actually locate somewhere that that it wants to locate. So again, the idea would be if you have a you know a four lane highway going down uh, going down a road with uh, curb cuts along the way, and you have you know issues with traffic or something like that, um, you know you can get out ahead of that and say, okay, well we're gonna we're gonna actually create a mini master plan for this area that's gonna manage some of that traffic flow in a way that's gonna be more conducive to stop and go kind of in and out type of retail traffic or the type of development that we want, if that's what you want. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> the other thing to keep in mind is that. Sometimes people get hung up about a particular brand or a particular type of business that they want. And I would say um, that's really going to be a private sector decision to make, right? As a town or a village, you're not going to really be able to dictate that this or that brand come and locate. But I would say um, if you're realistic about what your targets are and you understand from a market point of view what's possible in your community, uh, don't focus on the brand, focus on the product, right? right? And I think you gave the example of a coffee coffee shop. It might not be a target for um, Starbucks, but you might be a target for Dunkin' Donuts. Uh, or for that matter, it might actually suit your community better and a proposed development better to have something more of a smaller scale, locally owned kind of thing. And, um, and that's something that you can integrate in. Yeah. Uh, one example I will just say about moving the needle is that there may be issues that you're not even aware of with respect to how development happens in your town that could prohibit that from moving forward. So, you know, we talk about drive-throughs, right? Do you want to drive through or not? We'll just be clear about it. And if and if you're clear that you don't want that, make be aware that that might impede the coffee shop like a Starbucks that might want one. Now, that doesn't mean it's the end of the road. There's ways to get around that, but just be aware that there are implications for how you set up your land use planning that will appeal to 
or not appeal to the types of users that you want. Um, and then be aware too that there's uh, there are certain retail targets that I would be much more comfortable as deciding that they're uh, strategic and sustainable, and other ones that I would be less uh, I'd be less um, sanguine about. I guess I'd have to say, you know. And, and being careful about uh, the kind of resources that you're going to expend to attract a group that may not be contributing to your community and then also uh, may not be a sustainable member of your community because yeah. of change nature retail and office. Yeah, we talked, I mean, we talked in a previous episode about the big box store that vacates, right? And there's there's nothing more heartbreaking than, you know, bending a piece of pipe, doing everything you can to get uh, to get a project to locate only to have it closed two years later, right? I mean, now you got, now you've created, a, a, you know, another 10, 20, 30, 100,000 square feet of retail space that's now vacant and is, and is depressing the market even further. And it sends a lot of signals. Um, so uh, our regular feature here at Building Smarter Communities, our, uh, our mind-blowing minute. So I'm interested from your perspective uh, in something that, a community either did really well uh, or completely missed the bus on when it came to being ready for or attracting uh, the project that it wanted. Sure, uh, I have a great example. Um, there's a community that was, I would say, uh, you know, attract an attractive community in terms of growth and so on like that. And they had a very specific vision about how they wanted to grow out. And they did not want uh, what might be considered to be like a typical strip mall type of development or a typical big box development. And Lowe's showed up and said, we want to locate a store here. And the community knew that the reason why Lowe's wanted to locate there was because it was the right spot for Lowe's. And Lowe's said, here's our building. This is our standard footprint. And the community said, that's not what we're looking for. And, you know, the guys from Lowe's threw up their hands and said, well, this is the way we do it. There's, there's no other way to do it at the corporate level. There's, you know, three options. Here's one, two, three. Well, guess what? The community stood its ground and made them do a real brick facade for most nice. of Lowe's. Oh, that's great. And I haven't checked this recently. But that community's Lowe's was on the Lowe's corporate website. <laughs> oh, that's fantastic. It looked good. It was sharp. It was a step above the rest. And the community knew that, they, I mean, they weren't holding the project hostage in the sense of saying, they were just very clear. Like, these are our design guidelines. We'll work with you, but you have to meet these guidelines. Oh, that's great. That's great. I mean, it's a, it's a testament to uh, knowing what you want and and uh, putting it out there and letting the chips fall where they may. That's great. So Michael Andolo is the Director of Economic Development for Smarter Local Gov, which is our uh, local government services division of MRB Group. We love having you, Michael. You uh, are the man. You know uh, all there is to know about economic development and market and analysis and we appreciate uh, all of your insight today. It's been a pleasure. Thank you, Matt. Building Stronger Communities is a collaboration between MRB Group and FingerLakesOne.com Digital Media. To learn more, visit SmarterLocalGov.com and check out archived episodes on YouTube, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or Anchor. Look for links to all those locations in the show notes. Thanks for listening. We'll catch you next time.